the Palm Beach Auction, where collectors collect. This December 9th, 10th, and 11th, come see the best of the best. Consign and bid on some of the finest classic sports and vintage vehicles from collections around the world. Held at the fabulous Palm Beach County Convention Center. For more information, contact HollywoodCarAuctions.com or call 1-800-237-8954. That's 1-800-237-8954. Remember, the Palm Beach Auction, this December 9th, 10th, and 11th. See you on the block. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Ron Tober takes a look at Shirley Muldowney and brings her back into position. She has the near lane with Lane Joyce as she's ready to face the Winston World Champion and Top Fuel, Gary Ormsby. Done at confidence is a factor. I give the nod to Muldowney. You bet. Did you see how long and slow she backed up just taking her own sweet time? Looked like the old Shirley, didn't it? Absolutely. She knows that car has got a four in it. Gary Ormsby far lane. Shirley Muldowney near lane here at the NHRA Motorcraft. Arizona Nationals. Shirley staging very carefully. Hornsby the last to stage. Both these stage. Shirley up and away. Almost gets into Hornsby's car. Completely in his lane. What a driving job. Bringing that thing down and not getting into the guardrail. What a driving job by both of them as Gary Hornsby took a basic measure just in the nick of time. Hornsby drove that thing like a sports car to get away from Shirley. Look at the front wheels on Shirley's car as it slammed back down. Don Garlett's a very scary moment for Shirley. It certainly was. Look at the car. was carrying the wheels right from the start. But Shirley wasn't about to back off a higher and higher. Fire goes over the cones into Orsby Lane. Look at Orsby steer away from you. Don't see much of that in drag racing. They're actually driving it like on the NASCAR tracks. One behind the other. I bet that got everybody's attention. Let's go to the far end. Well, you know who the real race car drivers are when things like that happen, Shirley. Great job. Had my hands full, Steve, but uh, what a great car. It just I could, it was up so fast, I couldn't believe it. And then I saw that line coming. I was praying that Ormsby. I knew it was Ormsby. I mean, I was thankful it was Ormsby is what I wanted to say. You had a pro on the other line as well. Yeah, I thought, golly, I'm telling you, it was on a heck of a pass. Well, this guy's got a great future. 
Great car, I'm telling you. Not a bad driver either. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. I just happened to be a race car driver that wore a skirt during the week. Shirley Muldowney is the most well-known drag racer there is. It's as simple as that. It was just a man's thing, and they were very jealous of her. She likes to prove people wrong, and there wasn't really too much in those days that were going to stand in her way. She was not going to give it up. Shirley was not going to give up that racing for nobody. She beat them in every increment down the racetrack, and when the last man was standing, it wasn't a man. Everybody, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome to the show, listeners. Hey, we've got a great show for you tonight. We have a very, very special guest tonight. If you paid attention to the first part of the show, there was a clue. Right, Cedric? How you doing, buddy? Yes, there was a clue. <laughs> there was and, uh, a I'm clue. doing pretty good. <laughs> okay, but anyway, boy, do we have a busy weekend. We've got, this weekend, we've got the PRI show, which starts tomorrow. That's in Orlando. That's the Performance Racing Industry Show. Okay, Saturday morning, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we've got the Legends of Motorsports Vintage Races with Bobby Rahal and Bobby Brian Redman down at Sebring. Okay, in the evening at the uh, Bradenton Motorsports Track, okay, we've got... The Knights of Fire. Now, we, if you guys recall, we had Paul Kelly on last week. Paul Kelly's been on our show a few times. He drives one of those jet cars. Okay, he'll be driving the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Okay, him and Casey Jones uh, will be dueling it out. There's going to be seven jet cars at that event, plus a bunch of pro mods and all kinds of cool stars. So that's the Snowbird Outlaw Nationals at the Bradyton Motorsports Park this weekend. I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so everybody get a chance Run down there. Go check that out. Then Sunday, there's a huge car show taking place down in the Fort Myers area. But I will let our guests talk about that a little bit later. Okay? And uh, while I got everybody on the phone, I want to say a big hello to a couple guys. Okay? First of all, I want to say hi to Pete Darguzzi. Uh, he's a new listener. I want to welcome to the show. He is with Heacock Collector Car Insurance in Lakeland. So if you ever need some quality collector car insurance for your collectible prize possession, give uh, Pete Darguzzi a call over there at uh, Heacock Insurance, and that's 1-800-678-5173. That's 1-800-678-5173, you know. And... Uh, at any rate, we also, oh yeah, the big event next week is the Palm Beach Auto Auction at the Palm Beach County Convention Center, December 9th, 10th, and 11th, okay? And I will be down there. I'm not sure what my, my, my duties will be just yet, but I know I've been working the phones and doing a lot of PR for this organization, and we got some great cars. We have close to 300 prime examples of classic, collectible, sports, vintage, pre-war, post-war cars. So you can go online, you can check them out at hollywoodcarauctions.com or just Google Palm Beach Auction, okay? That's next week in West Palm Beach at the Palm Beach County Convention Center, okay? Let's see, what else we got going on? We have, oh yeah, another guy I'd like to uh, bring up, and I do from time to time, is my good friend Don Forte at Forte's Inboard Marine and Auto Service in Pinellas Park. Actually, it's Largo, but it's on the border there. But anyway, if you need your uh, boat worked on, because they specialize in ski boats, if you need your classic car, he is a Ford guy, but you know what? He works on Chevrolets and Chryslers, too. Got a complete library of manuals going back to the 50s on all these cars, 
quality work, quality service. Give Dom a call down there at 727-544-6440. That's 727-544-6440. Cedric, what do we got rolled up on that first? You know what? Our guest, believe it or not, is really likes, I guess I'm, I'm a little surprised, but I mean, this particular person likes some of this mid-80s, I guess you would call it hard rock music. Yeah, I, and this band uh, appears to be maybe like late 80s, early 90s. I don't I don't even recognize the band. Oh, really? Oh, no, I remember them. They were, it's a couple girls. It's a chick band, you know, which, oh, yeah. girl band. Okay. Yeah. But it has to be politically correct to some extent. But anyway, yeah, let's you, go ahead and roll that song because this is uh, kind of a cool song. And it's uh, actually, they're kind of a cross between kind of hard rock and sort of, grunge. Sort of a punk thing, yeah. Yeah, punk. Yeah, it's kind of a mixture, though. But it's, but it's not a bad song. It's All a good right, song. Let's, let's check it, it out. Welcome the first lady to try and qualify in an A dragster for an NHRA competition. Girly This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. 
They have daily specials, happy hour, nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we're on a drag race kick here because uh, Paul was in town last week, and he was uh, driving his uh, rocket cars. Or Actually, he corrects me. It's not rocket cars. They're jet cars. Okay, so he's got jet engine, jet-powered cars, and he was running at, uh, I think he was in Mor- he was in uh, Moroso last weekend, or West Palm, I mean, excuse me, yeah, the Palm Beach Motorsport, Palm Beach International Raceway. As a matter of fact, that racetrack used to be the Palm Beach International Raceway back in the day, back in the 60s, mid-60s when it was first built. And then I guess it changed hands, and a couple of people were involved with it. I think Dave Rupp was involved with it at one point in time, and then I think uh, Dick Moroso got it, and has been Moroso since up until, I guess, a few years ago. And then the new owners now brought it back, or kind of brought back the old name, uh, Palm Beach Motorsports, Palm Beach International Raceway, and they've done a fine job there. So they got some great venues down there, drag racing, and, of course, road racing for those of us in the road racing. And then Paul's going to be this week, and he's going to be at the, uh, the Bradenton Motorsports sports doing the Knights of Fire thing. Also, it's uh, testing two night over at Sunshine Drag Strip. So a big shout out to Hazley Hood, if you're out there listening. I wanted to get him on last week because we had Dave McClellan on, the voice of NHRA. And uh, so that was kind of a cool show. Dave was really, really a cool guest. And um, and then also, let's see, what else we got to go on? Yeah, while I'm on the subject of drag racing, I'd like to there's a lot of local guys here that have been involved in drag racing back in the days when Pinellas County was basically not much more than just a little cow village. And uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank those guys because I know them, and they've been instrumental in helping with some of the you know history of what's going on and some of the drag racing uh, guests that I've had on the show give me a little bit of background because a lot of these guys went to those drag races back in the 60s and 70s and 80s and uh, also were drag racers themselves, obviously, but they've got a lot of insight and a lot of history, a lot of, all this stuff stored in their heads. But one of the guys I want to get on the show really, really bad is a really good friend of mine, which is Ward Blazer Sr. He's been around for a long time. So, Ward, if you're out there, it's a big shout-out, a big hello to you. Ward Jr., his son, also a very knowledgeable kid. Kid, he's a little older than me, but super guy. Okay, Frank Ibell, he's got some great stories. Frank used to run a really wicked 55 Chevy with a Buick engine in it. Got some great stories. Frank's out there. He fixes Porsches now, so if you ever need your Porsche fix, go to Ibell Porsche Service. And then, of course, John Woodhouse, he's uh, you know an avid listener of the radio show. Good friend of mine, also a racer from back in the 50s and 60s. And he used to race against Frank Ibell and Blazer and those guys. So they were all at the drag strip, Sunshine and uh, Twin City and uh, Tampa Dragway. And, and then, of course, Ray Hankey. Ray Hankey's a little younger than those guys, but he was racing in the late 70s, or actually early 70s, and he had a really wicked uh, Camaro and a Corvette back in the day. So those are just uh, four of the local guys I'd like to get on the show one time, and we'd like to just have a little powwow and talk about the good old days when it was fun to street race and drag race in good old Pinellas County. Okay? So anyway, oh, yeah, one more thing. Back to the Palm Beach auction. I have in my grubby little hands, okay, I have... Three sets of tickets. So if you guys want to call in, we gave away a bunch of tickets last week, okay? So here's the deal. Just call in if you're the 5th, the 8th, and the 10th caller. The 5th, the 8th, and the 10th caller. Dial 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. 
Uh, I guess we've got a toll number, too. It's one 866 826-1340. Okay, so if you call in and you're the third, uh, the fifth, the eighth, and the tenth caller, you will win a set of tickets to the Palm Beach Auto Auction. Now, these are special passes. These are three-day passes. Okay, so this is a super value, and that's uh, 20 bucks and change. So call in the fifth, the eighth, and the tenth caller. Okay, hey, let's uh, go to the commercial break. I want to get our guests on because I'm really excited about having our special guest for the evening. Well, then let's go to the commercials. Let's go to the commercials. Right. Then we got the rest of the goodies. <laughs> the, goodies. the intro, yeah. Okay. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure and mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount.
I'll tell you what, if uh, any of you guys caught that clip, that's from the movie The Right Stuff. And my special guest for the evening certainly has all the right stuff. And it gives me great pleasure, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show the first lady of drag racing, Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Shirley, are you there? And welcome to the show. Oh, I am here. Uh, uh, the hair is standing up on my arms. <laughs> I am just amazed. Uh I I just love that movie, and Rob Halford is he's my man. You know, uh, you had um, t- three of my favorites on. Uh, I got to listen to. Super. Uh, I thank you. You're welcome. So uh, anyway, so how you been? I've been uh, I, I've been great. Well, that's uh, great. Uh, uh, busy this year with uh, NHRA's uh, 60th year anniversary, and I got to go to the seven races and meet the fans. And again, as always, my my autograph lines were endless. And uh, you know, I apologize to anyone that didn't get their autograph. Uh, I'm surprised because I stayed until the sun was gone uh, at just about every every appearance. Well, now speaking of autographs, you are. Going- going to for all our fans and listeners that are in the state of florida surely you are coming this weekend to the sunshine state aren't you 
I get to get on an airplane Friday and come down to Fort Myers. I was there. Actually, it's the uh, the largest auto show I've ever attended. Uh, I, I think it is the largest auto show amongst auto shows. And I was there one time in 2006, and uh, the uh, my reception was so wonderful that they asked me back again and uh, the next year. And I said, well, well, bring somebody else. You know, wait a couple years. And they made the date with me for this weekend a year ago this week. That's super. Now tell Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive. Tell tell us all where it exactly is in Fort Myers and is the name of the event and everything like that. So I'll I'll let you do the promo. Oh, you're gonna oh you're gonna hold me to the yes. <laughs> my feet to the fire here. Yes. It's uh it's at a large, very large coliseum. I mean and it's it's all over the place. Uh there's there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh motorcycles, vintage cars, uh historic cars, race cars, custom cars. Uh it's it's just really something to behold. And I'm just a very small part of this. Uh it will so uh, I think starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday is a big, huge media day for me. But I will be in the Coliseum. Um, Buddy Baker, Don Garlitz. I mean, it go, the list goes on and on. So I will be there on Sunday. That will be uh, uh, my day to greet the fans. But it's um, it's as it's as big as they get. And uh, um, you can go on uh, the the internet and uh, Fort Myers, uh, the Hot Rod Show, and uh, I mean it'll pop up and it will just amaze you. Uh, they start advertising a year in advance, so as uh, uh, as auto shows go, you're not going to find anything. Uh, uh, I don't think you could you couldn't see it all in two days. Wow, that's a lot of cars. Yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive. That's pretty super. impressive. So anyway, let's get back to you now. Tell us a little bit how you got started and what piqued your interest really in the uh in the world of drag racing. I mean, what was the one of the first cars you raced and what kind of bit you what was the bug that bit you? Robert, I was a street kid. I grew up downtown. My my mother worked in a laundry. My dad drove a taxi. You know, we scrimped and scraped, and they had no idea, you know, where I was most of the time. But uh, as a kid, uh, 15 years old, I decided I wanted to work in a car hop uh, restaurant uh, in the kitchen rather than go to school every day. Uh, but uh, I met a guy named Jack Muldowney that used to give me a ride home from this restaurant. And instead of going straight home, we'd, we'd, go, we'd head downtown and Schenectady, New York, and, and look for street races. And that's really how it began back in uh, 1956. Uh, I was married really young. A year and a half later, my son, my only child, John, was born, and we went racing uh, as uh, you know a family. It was a uh, it was a hobby. Well, not a hobby, uh, you know. I, I raced the car I drove to work, no and kidding. that's really how it started. What was your first car? What was the car you guys had? Uh, let's see. Uh, the first car I drove, actually, the first thing I drove was my uncle's John Deere tractor up in uh, Grand Isle, Vermont, but. Uh, the first first car I drove was uh, Jack Mulvaney's '51 Mercury. Oh wow! Uh, three three carburetors, column shift, uh, and that's what we street raced with. 
And uh, from there, uh, uh, I had a Ford. He built a 40 Ford. I found one in a garage. I, I, I knew it was a 40 Ford because it was, the garage, as I was driving by down the road, I could see these two, those two uh, uh, kind of teardrop-type rear windows that you see in the 40 Ford Coupes. And I could see it shining through the window, and I said, that's a 40 Ford. It's a coupe. And I stopped, and I bought that car for $40. And Jack Muldowney spent a year on it, and he put a Cadillac engine and uh, painted it Tijan red, had, uh, you know, real uh, sharp. Uh, spoky type wheels and I used to street race with that car and then I went to a series of uh, other street cars that were customized and uh, and hopped up and, and several Corvettes and then I couldn't get any factory backing. I just couldn't because they, they, they wanted all the California racers if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was from upstate New York uh, and I would drive to the Motor City and I would barge into the Chrysler PR uh, office and and hopes that they would uh, give me some consideration, zero. So I uh, decided I would be the first girl to drive a dragster. And Jack Muldowney gas-welded me a frame, put a little small black Chevy, uh, unblown, uh, injected, and I went out and got a license to drive this little B-gas dragster and uh, ran uh, 155 miles an hour in this car. And the, the national record at that time with all the big-shot NHRA drivers was, uh, was just under 150 miles an hour. Oh, no so when NHRA just they decide, oh no, girl is going to drive a dragster. We can't, we can't have that happen. So they canceled the license. Told me it wasn't valid. No kidding. If I wanted to kill myself, I could drive locally, and no one, you know, if I wanted to get hurt or kill myself, no one would find out about it. They didn't use those words, but they didn't have to. Well, that's interesting. Now, when you did this, this, this dragster and stuff like that, is it? So your husband, Jack, really wanted to just be the mechanic and the wrench on the thing and build it, and then you decided to be the driver? Is that how the team kind of... That's just... really how we, how, uh, how we started racing. He was, he was uh, happy to be uh, just the guy that tuned the car that beat the boys. Oh, okay. And that was, that was, that was his, you know, his, uh, uh, his little pedestal. A wonderful guy, very unselfish. Uh, he was the biggest fan I had. Wow. Uh, I was married to Jack for 17 years. Uh, I decided in uh, 71 that I was going to uh, make a change in my life, and I left Schenectady and moved to the Motor City area, where I have been the last 35 years. Uh, Jack passed away a couple years ago, but I I remained, we remained great friends all those years. That's super. Uh, in fact, I would go match race uh, the big fuel cars, uh, uh, 2000, 2001, 2, and 3, actually. Uh, he, I would go to Englishtown. That was one of, well, actually, aside from being my favorite racetrack, it's a track that booked me twice a year, and I would go in there on a Wednesday night and, and race against uh, Don Garlitz, uh, Doug Herbert, uh, some, you know, some of the really big names out there, and they would pack that place to the rafters. You'd think it was their national event. And Jack Muldowney would drive up from Schenectady, and he would he would look for, we'd give him things to do, and he'd, he'd uh, uh, do his little jobs around the car, but uh, he, he would be on the starting line with the crew. And uh, uh, 2003, which was my retirement year, um, I, I put 315 in mile per hour up on the board back-to-back that night. 
uh, and Jack just cried. No kidding. There's no doubt, there's no doubt, and there's no argument that you definitely were a strong, strong competitor. I mean, I've had Don Perdome on the show. I've had Don Garlis on the show. TV Tommy Ivo's been on the show. Oh, and, Ivo's, and they, Ivo's my hero. They've all yeah. said that she was a and, fierce competitor. Yeah, they're, they're all uh, great names. And, uh, you know, are really the, those names are the foundation of the sport. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they credited me, uh, I, I believe that. Uh, they, they, you know, we didn't always get along. Uh, I want to tell you, it was guerrilla warfare, and it was um, dog eat dog, and it wasn't a, you know, a made up rivalry. Mm-hmm. It was a real thing. We all hated each other, but they, they still had respect for me. I still, uh, I could drive the race car, and they never really uh, took that away from me, not That's... at any time. At what point did the uh, uh, the Twin engine dragster come into play. Oh, my favorite car! I, I would give anything, anything, anything today to know where that car is. It simply just disappeared. But uh, I had a uh, a gas dragster that was, uh, um, you know, big block Chevy. Um, Supercharged, Don Long car. In fact, I went to California and picked it up, uh, picked up my new trailer in, in, in uh, Chicago, and then kept going and went all the way to California, just uh, myself and my, my son as a little boy, and picked up my new Don Long car. And then I, then two years later, he built me a dual engine, the chassis, if you will, uh, in running gear uh, for uh, two Chevys coupled together, supercharged. Now that was a wonderful ride. A very not just a novel car, but a beautiful, beautiful little reddish, pinkish, but mostly red uh, Don Long car. And he was—I mean, he was the Cadillac builder, chassis builder in those days. What kind of times did that car turn? You know, I wish I could answer that. I can't tell you in terms of E.T. I simply don't remember. You're talking to someone that's 71 years old. I had trouble <laughs> remembering last week sometimes. But uh, a mile an hour, it run 198, 197, 196, 199. I could not, on gasoline, mind you, I could not squeeze 200 miles an hour out of that car. It just wasn't a 200-mile-an-hour car. But I loved it. It was my favorite and I, uh, again, if I had any of the cars in my career, and I had a lot of them, that is the one I wish I had. Okay, for any of you listeners out there, if you happen to know where Shirley's twin-engine dragster slingshot's laying around, somewhere between here <laughs> and California. Nebraska, and Mich- I, we did see it for sale many years really? later. Jack Mulvaney actually saw it for sale in the National Dragster and really uh, didn't have the money, and he just just passed it off and went on to something else. And, wow. you know, I was knee-deep in top fuel cars trying to keep my, you know, head above water and uh, a, a team supported and 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 uh, uh, dates, uh, um, you know, making all the dates that I had agreed to make. Uh, I simply didn't follow through, and it's my own fault. Okay. Now, was that car was the late 60s, I presume. And then after that, you got into funny cars a little bit, right? So tell us about that. That car was the late 60s. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, and then in 1971, uh, 68, 69, and 70 was the dual engine car. Okay. And in 1971, I bought a junk, junk, used funny car from a guy named Conrad Coletta. 
Oh, that name rings a bell. I went big time fuel racing. And I didn't start a top fuel car. I started in a funny car. That's when they were dangerous. They were animals to drive. They were nothing like what they are today. And uh, they were, you know, we, we talked tonight how lucky all of us are. Perdon would say to me, you know how many times we dodged a bullet? Not just the cars, you know, because the the sport graduated over the years. It got better and better and better. So did the tracks. So did everything. Uh, The fire equipment. You know, the, 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 the sport just evolved. But I will tell you, we're all lucky to still be here today, considering what we did and the things that we pulled back in the 70s. Amazing. Just amazing. Now, the funny car you raced, that was the Bounty Huntress, and it was a Mustang, basically, but uh, it was a Hemi-powered, basically? They were all Hemi-powered, yeah, okay. uh, all my cars. You know, that, that was really all the cars out there today are all Chrysler power. You know, F- John Forrest can yell Ford till, till the cows come <laughs> home. And the Tasca and all those people, Ford, Ford, Ford. Well, it's still, it's, a, it's an aluminum version of a Chrysler 426 Hemi engine in every single top uh, fuel, funny car and top fuel car out there. They're all Chrysler powered. People don't realize that, but they are. So they put this thing that simulates, well, I mean, it looks, could possibly, if you stretch it a great deal, (laughs) might look like a Ford or a Toyota or a Chevrolet or whatever, but they're all Chrysler powered because no manufacturer has ever been able to duplicate that Hemi engine. Okay, so anyway, back to the Bounty Huntress, okay, and then you raced that car from 71, 72. Nope, it- that was 73. 71 was the Fredericks of a Hollywood car, oh, okay. the only time I ever had a blue car, and then uh, 70, I, uh, uh, my mistake, you're right, 72 was the Bounty Huntress, 73 as what? well. Okay. Uh, that was uh, really a tag that uh, MPC uh, models, that right. they make those fiberglass models, okay, mm-hmm. of the, uh, that you put together with glue. Uh, but Connie Coletta always had the tag, the bounty hunter, uh, which nicknames being synonymous with the sport of drag racing back in the 70s. Uh, and everyone had a nickname, Don the Snake, Tom the Mongoose, uh, Connie the Bounty Hunter. Uh, and that was what people remembered then, and that's what people remember today. The fans are longing for that part of the sport to come back. Uh, they're tired of the corporate names, the product names, and all the all the the, the um, uh, well, I don't know all the commercial the aspect of it right. uh, names that you get at the end of the racetrack. Uh, that's kind of like it's gone too much in that direction. They want to go back to what the sport was made of, what the, you know, how we built the sport. That's why the fans still relate to the legends Absolutely. as much as they do. And that's why I have you on the show, so we have legends <laughs> like you talking well, I'm about. I'm thankful it. for that. Hey, um, tell us now, you, when you, you left the funny cars, and then you got into Top Fuel, and there was a transition. What, that was like 74, 75, 73, 45, somewhere around in there? Well, I was in the funny cars three years, and I, uh, you know, with Coletta, uh, I I had some very good people working on the car, and I had some disastrous people. You know, you just, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. But Conrad was always in there turning the screws, and he couldn't mind his own business and leave things well enough alone. Connie was... was and still is not a tuner. He never was. He's got very deep pockets, and he loves to drag race, and he's been there forever. And I, you know, I think he's been very good for the sport, but he is not a tuner. So needless to say that I experienced some real ferocious fires at 200. Got t- 
tired of it. So I, there was never a woman in top fuel. So I had already gone 220 miles an hour in a funny car with the engine in front of me. Oh, boy, is that asking for it. But I decided I wanted to be the first female top fuel car, uh, driver if I could pull that off. And all I had to do was get three drivers to sign my upgrade. I had already had a fuel license, mind you. They didn't portray that in the movie, but that's really the way it came down. And those three drivers that agreed to do it was Garlitz, Coletta, and TV Tommy Ivo. Wow. And uh, and they signed for that license, that, uh, making me the first woman ever. And it wasn't that I want to be the first woman, but I wanted to drive top fuel. Ever since I saw Don Garlitz at a match race back in the, you know when in the early sixties. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how it all began. And and thirty three years later, uh, the cost of it drove me out. My last run was November ninth. 2003 at 4:15 p.m. Pomona, California. So what's it oh, like? I know it well, believe me. <laughs> what's it like doing going 300 plus miles an hour? Well, I'll tell you what it's like. What makes separates me from mo- all of them out there today. I ran I was running 320s. I ran 327.66. I did it twice just happened to be the 66 that's the hundredths and i can't tell you what the thousands were but 327.66 in vegas in 2003 in a six-year-old car keep in mind that these these uh, drivers today they get two chassis a year Oh wow! I mean, I, I mean, they wouldn't think they wouldn't lower themselves enough to drive a six-year-old car. But I, I that was the only car I had, and I went back, and that was my final year. And I found funding to run five NHRA races, and uh, Pomona was my last. Well, we we dubbed it the last pass, and no one knew when the last pass would be. If I didn't qualify, then the last pass was. The, ra- the previous race, Vegas. Just say that I did qualify, okay? All right? So that wasn't the last pass. If I win the first round, that wasn't the last pass. And the momentum, it built the suspense, and the fans loved it. I went out in the semifinals against Corey Mack. Uh, I could have won that race. There's no reason why I couldn't have won that race. But, again, I was driving an outdated car. No pro- had his m- what happened was it didn't, have enough, it didn't have enough front wing on it. Not the pitch of the wing, the positioning. It just didn't have the area. Uh, I could have spent $5,000 between uh, uh, Vegas and Pomona, which is two weeks, and had a, had a front wing built for that car, and it would have handled. Well, the thing was flying at 1,000 feet, the front was off the ground. I couldn't. I couldn't drive it any, and it was still running three twenty-seven. So uh, you know, I proved that I won. Uh, still had the goods. Two. We ran the quickest and fastest time I ever ran in my retirement year. So I didn't go out like a stone, like a lot of you know people do. They they milk it until it's embarrassing, and I. I just couldn't. I couldn't race like that. Well, you went out on top. Speaking of which, now, and I played a little clip earlier in the show from your 1990 NHRA event in um, 90. Which one? That was 90. the one where your which car. Which one would that be? Wh- I was driving the Otter Pops car. That's exactly the what only it was. Time in my career, I ever drove. And the for front end. Else. And the front end came up off the ground, and you crossed lanes. 
you remember that one? Well, let's see. Now, that is tune-up. And my crew chief, ex-crew chief, he did that to me five times. Oh, really? And I think I'm the only one that ever stood it up six feet and, and managed to keep it from going over backwards. The only driver out there. I'm not trying to, you know, blow my horn, but I'm just telling you things that I, where I, one, got really lucky, and two, thank God for all those passes, all those years, all that experience. All, I learned with every single run I left that starting line. I learned, and I learned the hard way, but I learned, I learned the right way, and uh, I was able to save myself a lot of times. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, uh, 90, no, 81, I kept it uh, from going over backwards. 88 in Maple Grove uh, at 600 feet. It was six feet in the air. This one, uh, I'm trying to think, maybe some someplace out in the Midwest where the front. Okay, end- then it would have been Phoenix. I was in the right lane. I was racing the late Gary Armsby. That's what it was. And uh, you know, and that's why uh, today they have these top fuel cars where the sides are built way up high. The driver can't see. He cannot see the other car in the starting line. Well, the the, the crew chiefs want to do that because they feel they don't want their driver to be distracted if he's able to look at the other car. Well, that is, that's outright dumb and stupid, because I want to see where that guy or that gal is going down course. They're coming over on me. I want to be able to try to get out of their way. Now, speaking of which, let's go. I want to talk about safety a little bit. From the time that you know you got involved in top fuel cars from yes. night, from the seventies till today, and of course, I'll bring up Marvin Schwartz because he was a local guy. Everybody yep. liked Marvin Schwartz. He was a real good friend of ours. He used to hang out with Ward Blazer and those guys. And I knew Marvin, and it was a really really neat guy. And and you were there when when his fate uh, turned well, for the worse. You remember certain racetracks for certain things. Uh, some they got the great traction. Some have the best promoter that's easy to work with. Some uh, are dimly lit, some are short, some are for a lot of reasons, and some tracks you remember because we lost someone. Someone that, uh, needless to say, uh, could have been saved. But Marvin, yeah, I was at Tucson. Uh, Marvin was driving a car. A chassis that was built, uh, built in the state of Florida. I'm not going to say who built it, but it was uh, what I would describe as a real lightweight, way too light, flexi flyer. And he got out there and he smoked the tires about maybe a couple hundred feet out and he stayed with it. He continued to smoke the tires the full quarter mile. That's when we ran 1,320 feet. Now they've cut it down to 1,000 feet. But uh, he ran it to the lights and lost control of it. And he uh, went off the track and went over an embankment. It was like a berm embankment that was over on the right, and it just launched him. And when he came down, it uh, came down upside down, and this paper-thin wall thickness tubing just collapsed. And uh, it was way, way inadequate. If it had been an NHRA race, it wasn't. It was an AHRA race. And they really kind of let a lot of things slide. They're defunct now, you know. But, uh, um, you know, they overlooked a lot of things. And uh, NHRA would have never passed that car through tech. But as a result of uh, all of that, uh, the three-point cage, which was, you know, part of that era, 
uh, you know, there was just a lot of things were against Marvin. He was basically doomed when he left the starting line. And what a terrible loss. Nice guy, pleasant Good driver, I think, an asset to the sport. He was, he's now a Hall of Famer. But, uh, you know, he should, uh, he should have been here to enjoy, uh, the safer side of what we experienced as the sport grew. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a terrible loss. Mm-hmm. Well, it's unfortunate, but, uh, he's definitely missed. And, uh, now he, Marvin drove for, uh, Don Garlis for a while too, didn't he? for Don in Don's car when Don had, I mean, you know, he would book, oh, Don Garlitz is coming in Lebanon Valley. Okay. Well, Don Garlitz's rig would pull in the gate on Sunday and Marvin Schwartz would get out (laughs) and get in a fire suit. Ah, the fans didn't like that. Oh, really? And Don would pull that stuff back then and he, because he was Don Garlitz, he would get away with it. But uh, Marvin being, you know, totally innocent, he'd get out there and he'd drive it just as good as Don Garlitz did, if not better. Wow. I'm not put, putting Don down, but I'm just saying, Don, you know, for, he decided to put somebody in his car. He, he, he made the right choice. I got gotcha. you. Now, tell us how the name Cha-Cha came to be. Come on. Everybody wants to know well, that. Don the Snake, Big Daddy Don Dolitz. Everybody's got a nickname. Tommy Ivo. I had this little car back in 1958, and I went to Sanford, Maine. An old, uh, well, like a military uh, landing strip they had, but they hold drag races there. And they had an NHRA points race, and I wanted to go there and see Pete Robinson and Don Garlitz and, and a number of other big names. And Jack Muldoon and I went up and took my 58 Chevrolet red, lowered all the way around. I mean, this thing would bounce. It was the worst ride in the world, but it looked good. And uh, it was a white convertible, and I just pulled it in the staging lanes and in the tech line, and I'm going to drag race for the day and it was a very jazzy looking car well that was when they would use shoe polish to write the uh, uh the class uh, uh numbers on the cars and the tech guy wrote my number on it and then he said oh this this is a real jazzy looking car and he just wrote and he was very artistic yeah, obviously an artist, and he wrote cha-cha with a, with a C-H-A and a hyphen and a C-H-A, and we left it on the car, and it really looked nice, white on this red So we put it on the, we painted it on the next car, and the next car, and the next car, and all of a sudden, it became, you know, it was my tag in the Tri-Cities. I became notorious, and Ivo told me, convinced me to put it back on the car in the 70s after the funny cars. Well, it was on in 71. Um, I'm not sure if it was in 72 and 73, but I dropped it uh, a couple years in Top Fuel. But Ivo said, put Cha-Cha on the car and paint it pink, and you will enjoy a long career. Nicknames being, again, synonymous with the sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can thank Ivo for that. And, you know, the fans... Love it. So uh, it, uh, my crew, crew people, they, they refer to me a lot as Cha. Mm-hmm. Just Cha. And it's just, you know, it's just natural. Um, and people sometimes don't even know, surely, but they'll say drag race. Oh, Cha-Cha. Right. And it's just, uh, you know, it's dogged me for, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70, you know, how many years? 50 years? Yeah, no, but it's great, though. Uh, yeah, it's a neat name. That's okay. If the, and the fans, they will beg me to sign it. 
to, when in their autograph. And they'll say, hey, wait a minute. That, you know, I was there in the 70s. That was my, that's my history. I want to hang this up and, you know, okay. So I, uh, if that's what the fans want, that's what I do. Hey, real quickly, we got about, uh, what do we got? Three minutes left, I think. Something like that. Um, you raced here at Lakeland International Raceway. Tell us, Jimmy, quick stories about Lakeland. This is back in the yeah. 70s, and that track's kind of there, but not there. But tell us about Lakeland International Raceway. Oh, well, there was a promoter, and his name escapes me. For If I heard it, I would know it. But he, uh, I went down, I ran well. I forget if it was a funny car or a, a top fuel car. Probably a funny car. And at the end of the day, racers couldn't find the promoter with all the money. Huh. And um, finally we found him, and uh, he and I had had some words, and I remember um, uh, uh, he asked me to leave the trailer, uh, which I refused to do, and uh, he decided to leave before me. So I took my foot and I pushed him with my foot, actually kicked him down the stairs of the trailer. Uh, I got my money. No, good girl, good girl. Then I, I had to be. Well, you know, we dealt with you. Have no idea what we dealt with. But uh, years and years later, uh, and I know we have just a minute here. Years and years later, uh, he came up to me and, and with a smile on his face. Remember me? Uh, not so sure. You know, I talked to thousands of people, but he gave me the name, and I went, "Uh huh." And uh, I said, "You're still married to the <laughs> still married to the one I kicked down the stairs to?" No, he says no. No, uh, I've since uh, moved on and uh, changed my life as well. So um, I can't think of the name, but he's still around, I'm told. Okay. Hey, Shirley, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you, really. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. You're very I will see I you. This. I will see you Sunday down there at the car show. And if anybody wants to get a, cold, get a hold of you real quick, they can go to your website. It's uh, what, Shirley Muldowney? It's, well, if you go to Shirley Muldowney Racing, you can, and then the photo gallery, it, I mean, it tells the whole story. Uh, we do have a souvenir page. Uh, we appreciate it when, you know, fans order, uh, you know, some merchandise. It does, it does uh, help the cause. Uh, they will see me at the Florida Hot Rods and Hogs, H-O-G-S. I'm assuming those are, that's motorcycles, and they'll see me there Sunday. But, um, and I, you know, I welcome the fans with open arms. Okay, and that's at the Lee Civic Center in Fort Myers. There okay. you go. You right. took the words out of my mouth. Okay, you're, you're so, exactly right. All uh, I know is they have me at a five-star hotel. Uh, they treat me like gold, and uh, it just—it's—it's it, the sport is—is uh, is, it's a new day. Let okay. me tell you, it's a new day. All right, Shirley. I'll see you again. I want to thank you very much for coming on to our show. Uh, Thank you and, for having and I'll me. See, Thank don't, you. Now, we're, we're going to go out here in a minute, but hang on to the phone because I want to talk to you right after the show real quick. And okay. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll see you next week. Drive carefully. Drive safely. Love your family. And go see Shirley this weekend and some of the other shows, okay? Everybody, we'll be back next week. You never know where I'm going to be. I probably will be at the Palm Beach Auction and Palm Beach. Okay? We're out of here, guys. See ya. Break on the